Mr. Pitt. It is I. How are you, sir? Fantastic. And you, my friend? I I couldn't be better. Oh, I, I mean, like that's, that. That's it and that's all. And that's all? That's it and that's all. We do it for decoration. Wait, what? Uh, that was a reference <laughs> to an old internet video about putting a whistle tip in your car. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about, but you I'll said pudding. I'll send it to you later. And I got excited. When, you say, when I hear pudding, uh, P-U-T-T-I-N-G, I think of pudding, which immediately brings me to Deuce Bigelow. And see, that's, that's where you lose me. And that's where I lose you as Deuce Bigelow? Yeah. Oh, fantastic film. I'll even say the I, second I've seen one's it. fantastic. I've seen it. It's just, it's just been far yeah, it's too long. Yeah, it's Ben. Yep, Ben <laughs> Perlman. Ooh, I like that a lot. I forget. I haven't watched my Craig in a Mirror recently. Jake. Yes? Jake and Amir. What did I say? You said Craig. <laughs> Who's Craig? I don't even know a Craig. When was the last time you saw a person? <laughs> um, in person? Yeah. Like, actually hung out? Because I uh, see people every day. I see people outside. So are, are you isolated by yourself at your house? Yeah, for the most part, which is it's cool because I feel like as freelancers, we've been prepared for this. I, I think not only as freelancers, but as freelance creatives. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Big time. As freelance filmmakers, we live for this. And yeah. it's like everyone else. Welcome. Anyone welcome who knows how to edit. Is yeah. Just, <laughs> just like editing. To just us, we're like, I didn't even paid. know anything was going on. This, I'm just living normal. Oh, man. But you're doing okay? Oh, yeah. Doing great. Having fun. Uh, I'm lucky. I still have those passion projects that I'm working on. Nice. So it's, it's nice to be able to indulge in something every day. If I didn't have any work, I would be going insane. Yeah, I have no work. Oh. <sighs> I made a video today about washing my hands that I'm very excited about. Did you sing two songs? It's not just happy birthday once. It's happy birthday twice. If you're properly washing, sir. Uh, yeah, it's not about, it's not about the duration of the wash. I'm excited. For <laughs> the video. I hope, I hope okay. you'll like it. I, I know I'll like it. It's funny, right? Uh, I think it, it can be. I don't want to <laughs> leave. I, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, pump it up too much i just really enjoyed making it it was i make a lot of youtube videos this was slightly different okay uh, i'm excited typical video what's the runtime on this bad boy about five and a half minutes maybe four and a half see uh, that's what i'm saying you know how long you should wash your hands that's singing the song a good amount of times i think in the video i washed my hands three times do you lotion afterwards? Because that's a lot of water and soap, my friend. I don't in the video, but I do in real life. Oh, you're missing a, a, a key step in washing your hands. I didn't want to make the video longer than it needed to be. There should be a part two of how to properly lotion after washing your hands. Maybe that's next. And it should be 10 minutes. It should be longer. Yeah. I mean, I mean you need a lotion. If you're not lotioning after you're washing, then you got dry hands. See, you got to do lotion, and then you got to wait like 20 minutes and do lotion again. You, you double the lotion. Yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah. I, like, I, I lotion, 
And then I put my hands in a freezer. So I let it get a glaze, a little lotion ice glaze over my hand. And then I re-lotion it with lotion that I microwave. Have you uh, ever done the white cotton glove thing? No, I don't, I don't get down with that kind of stuff. So there's a, there's a thing you can <laughs> what do. What is that? There's a yeah. thing you can do uh, that you put just straight up Vaseline all over your hands. All right, I'm in. And you put a white glove on. I guess the color doesn't matter that much, but you put the uh, like a cotton glove on and you go to sleep. Oh, and no. And so your hands get just <laughs> divinely moisturized for hours uh, uh, overnight. Uh, uh, and I, uh, I have dry skin and I've done it a, a few times in my life. And I'm telling you, it's like, it's like a spa day. I see, it's just... I'd feel like I'm wearing, it doesn't have to be baby. It could be any. I'd feel like I'm wearing diapers on my hands. I mean, with the a, texture, with the texture. Yeah. I don't know if I could do that. I get that. Yeah. Maybe if I get some cracked hands, you know, it'll be a different story. Uh, but where I'm at now, yeah, I couldn't do it. You know, and I, it's not for everyone. No, no, not for this man. It's a cool concept, though. I do like that. It's just the uh, diaper thing. Other than your passion projects, you've been staying, you've been staying engaged. You've been watching, watching some good stuff. Learning. Have you learned any new skills? Uh, learned skills? Yes, I have. What have you learned? Uh, I have been diving into Photoshop more, which has been fun. There's, um, there's a company called Flern. And they make learning fun. I met the guy that runs it a long time ago in Chicago. And I was like, well, I wonder what his tutorials are like. Because I'm not very good at Photoshop and I want to learn more. Um, He has something called 30 Days Free. Or it's something like that. So every day he released a new tutorial. So I've been watching all of those. And then I started learning Illustrator. Um, And I'm like, I have all these Adobe products. I pay for the, all of the creative cloud and I'm using after effects premiere from time to time audition. But besides that, I wasn't really diving into them. And I was like, well, what better time than now? Um, the last thing I, I'll, I'll say before we start getting into the book is that speaking of software, final cut pro is now available for free for 90 days. Oh, they, they normally do a, uh, 30-day free trial yeah um but due to the uh the pandemic uh they're making the software available uh for 90 days for free interesting also people got to be careful don't drop your iphone because these things are on high demand right now yep Uh, apple crazy and i think we're using them more than ever i don't know about your screen time but mine has gone up did you get house party did you get the house party app you guys kept talking about House Party, and I was like, it's not as good as House Party 2. Yeah, we're referring to an app. <laughs> so I, yeah, I, I, I figured that out later. I did not get it. I don't really know what it is. My screen time has gone down. You deleted Instagram. Yes. And that's been, that's affected yeah, been. you. Nice. Yeah, it, it's that. I think the only thing that I'm occasionally checking is Robin Hood. And that's not doing great for you, I bet. Uh, for me, it is. 
I Wait. knew exactly who to go with as soon as everything uh, happened. How, how, how are you doing? What would you do? So um, who was it? There's a company called Envio or something like that. And they were the first ones to attack the uh, coronavirus. And they came up with what they said was going to be a cure by April. And I invested in them. I got like maybe 20 bucks put into them. And they skyrocketed one day. So I just sold them immediately and earned like, I play small. I'm a, I'm a pennies man. But I earned almost triple what I put in with them. And then as soon as everything happened, I invested in airlines. Now, and, on one hand, that seems foolish. But yeah. It seemed, have, have, you, have you had success with that? Oh, yeah. Big time. Yeah, that bailout helps. Uh, I got... What was it? I would say a profit of 50 bones so far. Dang, sir. Just from the airline thing. And like I said, it's pennies. I'm playing pennies. Very, very small amount. Uh, but I've, I've uh, yeah, I've been doing good. I'm pretty happy. We'll see where this goes. Oh, and I also went with a, a cruise ship. Uh, and I forget what they're called, but... Uh, they skyrocketed too because they're using their ships as makeshift hospitals. Okay. Yeah. Well, look at you, so, man. Yeah. Hey, it's fun. I mean, that's actually when you said any more uh, things have I uh, been diving into the stock market. Okay. It has been fun. I've been doing a lot of research. I got a friend, uh, the comb dog millionaire who's interested in stocks and he's been reading about the market and, We've just been texting and calling each other, talking about stocks, having fun. So it's exciting. I like it. You know who I think, you know who I wish I would have invested in a long, long time ago? Who's that? Elkton. (laughs) And that, my friend, is a pivot at the 10-minute mark. Nice. Well done. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So uh, when we last left the boys, they had just gotten uh, a a description of what Mr. Peters looks like. He's average height with a sharp nose, sometimes wearing sunglasses. Sunglasses optional, check. And they're like, this sounds like a guy that gave Chet the the fake 20 at the train station in chapter one. Uh, So that's where they are. Which, yep. which brings us to <clears throat> chapter 16. Chapter 16. A night a night assignment. assignment. And that is night as in day and night, not night as in King Arthur and the Round Table, which was very upsetting. As in Heath Ledger. And as in Heath Ledger. And Alan Tudor. William! That scene gives me goosebumps. It should. Yeah, that's a fantastic movie. Yeah, it really is. It's one of my favorites. Here's that. Um, so they're, they're, they're speaking with Ken. It's, it's Frank, Joe and Ken. Yeah. Uh, And they are still at Mrs. Smith's boarding house. Yes. Uh, and so we open mid conversation with them, uh, greatly excited at this valuable clue to the counterfeiters. Frank asks, Ken, who gave Mr. Markle the envelopes for Mr. Peters? Now, if you're just joining us, quick recap. Mr. Markle 
is the uh, the gatekeeper, the gate guard, yeah, at Elkton, who is giving Ken the envelopes that he takes and meets this Victor Peters guy, who they think is the counterfeiter. Um, so they're saying, you know, who gave Mr. Marco the envelopes? He's like, I'm sorry, fellas, I don't know. <laughs> and then, uh, and I underlined this: the Hardys speculated on where Peters was living. <laughs> Was it somewhere near Bayport? <laughs> well, I don't know, narrator. Was it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what a weird thing to immediately go to, though. Hey, where do you think this guy lives? Yeah, and, but then it gets weirder. And, and so for me, they make a giant misstep here, and I hate that they're going to be right, um, as always. Yeah, but classic. Joe's eyes narrowed. Ken, he said... This morning, we found out that sometimes you'd ride up that dirt road to the deserted farmhouse. Was it for any particular reason? Yes, Ken replied. Mr. Markle told me a poor old man was staying in the house, and a couple of times a week, I was sent there to leave a box of food on the front porch. (laughs) Did you ever see the poor old man? Frank asked, or the green panel truck? He says no to both. And then this sentence is is what I just think is is what I hate about them. Oh, God, yeah. They suspected the, quote, poor old man, end quote, was Peters hiding out there. (laughs) And that he had made sure the truck was out of sight whenever Ken was expected. And that's just such a dumb leap. Yeah, it's a ridiculously the the truck is associated. The green truck is associated with the explosion. Um, ah, no, I guess the green truck did push counterfeit bills to Tony Prito's shop. Okay, I redact. I, re- I redact my statement. No, no, I, I I still think you're right with this statement. Um, well, to be honest, it's just this whole green truck thing is really making me angry. Yeah, I'm tired of hearing about it. And this chapter, like. They say the green panel truck like a thousand times. I'm like, get over it. Find a new clue, guys. There's, there's other vehicles. Stop with the green truck. It's not going to bring biscuits back. <laughs> He's gone. He's gone, guys. Right, talk, talk about the green truck all you want. I ain't going to bring your dog back. <laughs> I want my pelts. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, there's there's a lot of red flags on this page for me. Well, here. Know about Let's hear you. Take me through it. Okay, so um, was Peters hiding out there? Blah, blah, blah. So the brothers were silent, each puzzling over the significance of what they had just learned. If the truck was used by the counterfeiters, how did this tie in to being used with the sabotage at Elk? Hey, by the way, the brothers were silent, each puzzling over the significance of what they had just learned. They didn't learn anything. What did you learn? <laughs> yeah, I, I learned underlined. I'm just like... They had no answers to both of their leading questions. Yeah. So (laughs) I feel like they don't understand what the word learned means. It's like the brothers speculated or their brothers or like, like I could get down with that that moment. The brothers jumped. They had both like leaned on a stove and burned their hands. (laughs) And they were like, oh, this is hot. (laughs) And the brothers were silent. (laughs) Puzzling over the significance of what they had just learned about burning their hands on the stove. <laughs> See, that fits my boys more. I get, <laughs> I get that. These are my Hardys. Those are the Hardys we're used to. 
Those are the Hardys I'm used to. So this is what we have next back to back is what irritates me most about these books. What's that? Was the arrow in league with the saboteurs? Did he also have something to do with the envelopes sent to Victor Peters? Joe asked himself. Frank wondered, is the arrow or a confederate of his working at Elkton, the person responsible for the warning, the attack on us and the tampering with the sleuths. Again, it's like the old-time radio play narration of they thought to themselves, and then I just see Ken, and I was like, oh, God. Is Ken also going to have a thought shining. to himself? <laughs> yeah. Like, I would like to see what this looks like in person of everyone else in deep thought that just, like, goes over to Ken, and Ken's just like, I wonder if Biscuits did survive. Well, Ken's probably just sniffing, like, man, it smells like burnt hands in here. <laughs> yeah. It's awfully quiet. <laughs> it smells like burned hands. <laughs> His hands are oozing. Does he not notice yet? Well, he's still re- he's still learning. He is still learning. He's learning very much still. Ken's a but yeah. Ken Ken didn't have the education of the boys. Ken went to a, yeah a, a boarding school, school of hard knocks where Ken graduated. The school of hard knocks. He's an animal. Ken, Frank said aloud, I think you'd better come and stay with us for a while until we break this case. Maybe you can help us. And I underlined, Frank said aloud because I thought it was important to the narrator <laughs> explain that, yeah, for once in a while, the... Uh, hey, he's talking yeah, now. These, these quotation marks <laughs> indicate something that is coming out of his mouth. <laughs> he's no longer in thought. Uh, so they're kind of worried that, you know, he might be in trouble. They didn't want to mention this to him. But, you know, if if Victor Peters or Mr. Marco finds out that, you know, Ken's been giving away information, he could be in trouble. Um, yeah. So Ken was into it. And Mrs. Smith was fine with them because she knows Fenton Hardy. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry, knew of Fenton Hardy and his sons and gave permission for her young charge to go. <laughs> Yeah. Is that that famous idiotic detective that everyone makes is fun that, of? Is that the guy in the pirate costume who's always getting captured? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, good gracious. Uh, and then they ask uh, Mrs. Smith, you know, cover for uh, if, if people come asking for Ken, say he's visiting some friends or something. Uh, and she agrees. So they head back to the good old high street. Uh, and uh, they're all three warmly greeted by Mrs. Hardy and Aunt Gertrude. Um, ah, and yes. they're like, you know, enjoy your stay here, Ken. Uh, but neither woman asked questions in his presence. They, they, they were sure that there was a good reason that Ken was there. But I like that. Those are good professional partners to these detective cases. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe. Oh. Maybe. I see it. I, I see it as a, a a little hatred coming from a writer of a woman's not allowed to ask a man's question. They're going to stay there. They're going to be quiet. They're going to make. Damage. I want to. I want to put a pin in that because in two pages I have a note about sexism as well. Okay. Yes. Yeah. This is just the setup for yes. sexism. They're planting a seed here, and it's about to grow. Uh, your father's going to be out all day. He'll phone later. Uh, and while lunch was being prepared. Obviously, we have to mention that lunch has happened. <laughs> well, as yeah, inconsequential as it will be, 
Lunch is being prepared <laughs> in this paragraph. Uh, so, while lunch is being prepared, Frank calls Chief Colleague to let him know what happened at the farmhouse with the truck and getting locked in the garage. And uh, the chief says, I'll notify the FBI. And this was cool to me because this was the first time that the FBI is brought in on this. And in these other books, we've had the, uh, the state troopers. We had ca- our cap. Yeah. Captain Ryder of the state police. We have yeah. had the coast guard. And in this book, we had the secret service and we were wondering earlier, like why is the secret service in charge of this counterfeiting thing? Doesn't this fall under the jurisdiction of FBI? And so I am relieved to find that the FBI is finally being notified of the Hardy's work. This whole this whole paragraph bugged me. Maybe I'm just in a mood. But they were just like, I know it's the books. I know it's what the books are about. But teenagers calling a police station and then a police station that's this like small little thing with this idiotic man who's like, okay, I'm going to bring the FBI up next. It just seemed like, no, you're not. You don't have their contact information. Yeah, and you have to assume that they know way more than you and this teenager. Yeah. Oh, it bugged me. That's... It bugged me. The next part bugs me even more, too. Uh, yeah, so uh, the chief it's... added uh, that Elkton had no record of any employee answering the arrow's description. Oh, yeah. And he also he says, I'm sure talking about the FBI, I'm sure they'll want to send men out there to examine that truck and take fingerprints. Didn't the boys just drive the truck through this like wood gate? Oh, yeah. The, the truck is <laughs> so wouldn't all somewhere. the fingerprints not only be theirs, but it just be a contaminated crime scene? What happened to the truck? We have no idea. <laughs> yeah i'd be like the boys immediately like if i was a teenage boy i'd be like oh, oh I, uh, don't worry about that truck actually but we we made that whole thing up there is no truck and then i would just get tony to go burn it yeah like i'm burying this truck this book doesn't make me want to be a detective it makes me want to be a criminal because <laughs> if this is how the detectives think we get away with anything man I'm trying to find... Yeah, here we go. Uh, nicknamed the Arrow. Um, oh, no. no, no I, I'm going... Yeah, what's that description? Yeah, the description yeah, I know. Yeah. is uh, the Swindler himself had a pleasant speaking voice, medium height, yeah, dark hair, mm. brown eyes. Mm. And Man. I want to I repeat that Chief Colleague has just reported that Elkton has no record of any employee <laughs> answering the arrow's description. So, yeah, all of them over there sound like they're froggy. They're all froggy. They're all little eight rascals. And a half feet tall. <laughs> blonde. <laughs> what do you work at? A freak? It's like now? the two guys from the Matrix sequels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everyone is that. Oh, oh. oh deep burn. <laughs> deep burn. Yeah. I feel like the archer just wore platform boots. Yeah, just to get a little bit past that uh, medium the height. Tips of his hair. <laughs> yeah. Some peroxide. Uh, Puts <laughs> on one of these voices. Smokes a pack. Of <laughs> yeah. Have you seen the movie Wrongfully Accused? Such I love Wrongfully Accused. One of the best oh Leslie gosh. Nielsen's. There's the part yeah. in that movie 
where he's at the fishing tackle store right after he escapes. And as he's walking out, there's a wanted poster with his face on it. So he quickly like grabs a marker (laughs) and scribbles all over and like puts little (laughs) glasses and a hat and a long beard and all this stuff. And then right as he's leaving, uh, they're like, hold it right there, Harrison. And they walk past him and from off camera grab a tall guy with a pointy hat and little glass, like just the exact sketch yeah. description. <laughs> That's what the arrow's doing here. <laughs> that it's movie really is good. amazing. It, it needs it needs more love. Anyone that's a fan of The Fugitive, you have to see Ron yes, Cleek. very good. Uh, Pat Proft. And the uh, it's like the Zucker brothers and Pat Proft and Jim Abrahams and all those wonderful comedic yes. writers. It's one of those films. Um, so learning this, uh, he tells he tells the chief, you know, we're working on a couple of theories, but nothing definite so far. After lunch, mm. the Hardys decided their next move was to try to find out more about the contents of the envelopes Ken had delivered to Peter. And so this is the second time they've mentioned lunch. But, but we didn't learn about it. it. didn't change anything. It could have been omitted, except the author was hungry. <laughs> yeah, very much so. You got to keep it. You got to keep the lunch in there. So their, their idea is we could question the Alcatan officials straight out, says Joe and his brother's like, now, nah, without tangible evidence, we'd have to give too many reasons uh, for wanting to know. And finally, Frank hit on an idea. What's up, idea? Huh? He come telephoned Elkton. Oh, I liked that. That was good. That took me a second. Yeah, it was dumb. <laughs> he telephoned Elkton, asked for the accounting department, and inquired where the company had its printing done. Now, here's, here's, Ooh, here's where it gets good. The accounting clerk apparently thought he was a salesman and gave him <laughs> the information. Stand by. Frank hung up. What did they say? Joe asked impatiently. All Elkton's printing is done on the premises. That proves it, Joe burst out. (laughs) The setup with Ken delivering envelopes to Peters isn't a legitimate one and has nothing to do with Elkton business. Bam. Got him. Got him. Got him. Now, the only problem with this whole thing, have you ever answered a phone call from somebody who you thought was a salesman? (laughs) <laughs> no. See, as, as a business owner, I field calls sometimes that are like, you know, hey, uh, we're, we build websites. Who does your web design right now? And my answer is always like, oh, we do all that in-house. Goodbye. Goodbye. Yeah, it's like, oh, who, and yeah. you know, who, who makes your t-shirts? Well, actually, we, we do all that ourselves. Um, this is... Yeah, mine is not interested right. in I hang up. But I, there's a non-zero chance that this accountant who's like, oh, God, don't call... Don't call the accounting department asking for, hey, who does your printing? I might have a good price for you. Like the accountant is just going to be like, no, yeah. we, we print our stuff here. Like, what are you talking about? Like the checks that we print for? Yeah, we, we, print, we have a printer here for our checks. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. Sorry. Yeah, we, we're good. Thank you. And then he hangs up. Yeah. He's like, hey, this proves everything. They assumed I was a salesman and you know how they treated me? Honestly. Because that's how you treat a salesman. <laughs> salesman, it's a respectable oh business. Who doesn't love a salesman? Yeah, I think I, after this, who was it? Frank, 
Frank has definitely got a career in door-to-door yeah, knife selling. Yeah, and then Frank also gave his contact information to nine different financial planners. He <laughs> loves getting them phone calls. Word spreading <laughs> quick, boys! <laughs> oh. So Ken starts to have a little bit of like, oh my gosh, have I been doing something wrong, guys? And they're like, you know what? Not that, you, Ken. That oh, sentence, when, when he said that, of just like, have I been doing something wrong? That felt like he was admitting to doing something wrong to me. Right? It was such a weird phrase to it say. Is, but if he truly is this innocent middleman messenger guy, then he's a party to the crime, but isn't responsible. Yeah. And I feel like I could, I, if, if he is innocent, if this isn't oh, the but orphan me, I would, I would bait be. and switch. I think it's I want it to be, but switch. It's not. I still, I do have a, I have a note right here saying Ken is a forty-year-old man. Like I'm still convinced about that. But if it was me, I, I would throw the hands up. Like I had nothing to do with that. But of course, that's why I always get blamed for things because I quickly bury myself in uh, because I and get you overly also do defensive. So many felonies. Uh, well, nonstop. I, I've committed at least three while on this phone call. <laughs> Just been doing mail fraud online. <laughs> Did you not hear the gunshot <laughs> ten minutes ago? <laughs> um, on that note, I think we're about to welcome someone else uh, into the house, and then things are going to get a going. So I think this is a good thing. Yeah, a quick break. And with that, uh, we're going to cue the uh, the sweet sponsored ad. Here's some pirate stuff or whatever it is. Whenever you're listening to this episode, so with that, boys, take a break. The boys took a break. And we're back. And we're back. And I we think we're getting back. the hang of this whole uh, remote podcasting thing. I, I know. Weeks are not the kinks, but I think we're getting there. I think we're getting, getting there, too. The first one was really difficult for me. It was hard not being able to, you know, look at you, judge your reactions. The second one, we, I feel like we actually found a little bit of a groove. I feel good about this. You know what I missed, This one though? today. Me? Our theme song. Yeah, I know. We're themeless. I, I mean, I suppose I could make it all happen, but it, we're, we're yeah, working within I, the Anchor app right now, and I don't know if I can upload music. I was fade thinking out. about just playing the song uh, like, on my laptop. Oh, there you go. Every time we started the thing, and then just slowly fading it down it's as not we talk. No, it, I, I've had worse. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. <laughs> and solve the felonies. Well, yeah, well, yeah, we've already done one since this new call. <laughs> it's been a minute. <laughs> I work fast. Um, so well, let's get back into it. I, I mean, this, this is this is a coming of age story. This this chapter, I feel like what we're about to get to is the boys catching up to you and I. Yes. Of in, course, in a lot I of ways. agree, and I'm eager for them to join us here, here on the right side. Okay, I like that. You just—they're going to admit just, that women should be able to vote. That's what I mean. They're, they're oh, joining well, us on this side. Yeah, I don't know how much I agree with that, but yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> there was a sketch that the Man Show did years oh, ago. I love the Man Show, where they set up a, t- a table on like Venice Beach. And it was, they were getting people to sign a petition to stop women's suffrage. Yeah. <laughs> and all these women were lining up to sign it. 
God, because suffrage sounds like suffering. Yeah. And just everyone was like, oh my God, we need to put an end to women's suffrage. <laughs> oh, I remember that episode too. Just then, the Hardys heard the familiar chug of the queen pulling up outside. Uh, even his car just has to be gluttonous with its behavior. It couldn't be a, a little bit of a drink or a drizzle. It had to be a full-on chug. Brothers went out to the porch with Ken, and Chet, Chet leapt from his jalopy and bounded up to them. His chubby face was split with a wide grin. Now, right there, his chubby face was split with a wide grin. Does Chuck have uh, does Chuck does Chet have a vertical smile? It's possible. <laughs> like to split the face. That's up and down, right? Or does he have such a chin <laughs> that, that, it's, that there's so much his face below his mouth that <laughs> on average the distance is equal from from mouth to hairline as it is mouth to chin. Oh, oh, oh. oh, I would like to see that. Man, <laughs> if we still did our job with that, that would be a good one. Yeah, I would like that. This is the whole scary movie two, she split in half or scary movie three split in half sequence. But okay. I'm glad we, we got that cleared up. It could either be vertical or he's just got a huge double chin. Triple stacker probably actually could even be a quadruple. A uh, quadruple chin to go with the forehead. <laughs> Math jokes, y'all. <laughs> Very good. Get a load of this. He showed them a badge with his picture on it. I'll have to wear it when I start work. Everybody has to wear one before he can get into the plant, he added. Even the president of Elton. And that's that right there. Oh, yes. Was that's, my that's sexism the deal. thing. Oh, that's your sexism thing? Because they're like, everyone has to wear one uh, before he can get into the plant. Uh, Implying that only men can work at the plant? Yeah. yeah well, yeah, you know, a plant is a man's job. Uh, it takes firm hands, a strong, upper-built, barreled chest. I think uh, I hate this more than the felon. Mas- masculinity... <laughs> You know, it's just a bearded man, strong uh, forearms. You should you should definitely traps. be at least medium height with dark hair <laughs> yeah. and brown eyes. It's, it's all about pleasing voices. I think what they're saying though is that women have such pleasing voices that they couldn't work here because they would fit the archer's description, That's and they're not true. allowed to hire people who fit the archer's description. Yeah, That's a given. Do not exactly hire. What they're going it's with. just a, a stick figure sketch. <laughs> Anyone who looks like this. I there's feel just like a, a crude drawing photo. of the arrow. There, there's nothing there. It's just a square with a description. I really liked my crude drawing of the arrow joke there. Oh, I didn't catch that. It's fine. It's fine. I brought us back right away. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to worry about missing it. I brought it back around. I'm glad you did. It's a good joke. <laughs> Which we have some crude arrows. Thank you, Brett Hoy. Those were mighty crude of you. Uh, oh, yeah, he did send some. Yeah, he sent in some crude, some crude arrows that I enjoyed very much. Um, let's see here. Uh, so suddenly Chet became aware of Ken Blake. And I picture this to be like a clairvoyant thing. 
Where like so, Chet falls silent and like somewhere Ken is drowning in a dam. Yeah, it was like three days ago, man. <laughs> I would like that little plump clairvoyant. You mean a large medium? Oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, dude. And and Seinfeld, there's a thing where like when Costanza nails a joke, he just goes, "I'm out." And he leaves because he got to leave on the hike and the podcast. That was it. That's the best joke so. that will ever happen on this show. There's a, At least I think so. That was gold. Well, it's, it's rooted in, I don't know if you, I mean, I know coronavirus is sort of all over the news right now, but there was actually recently um, a, a psychic or someone who claimed to be a psychic, um, a midget who stabbed somebody uh, oh my God. and is on the loose. Uh, so police are looking for a small medium at large. <laughs> Is that from uh, uh, Police Squad? I don't know. It could be. Oh, that's it's, good. That's just an old classic joke. You, you're full of them, and I love them. I, I thank you. Oh, yeah. Um, hello, the plump boy greeted him in surprise. Uh, and so Ken smiled, and the Hardys told their friend of the morning's adventure. Boy. Things are starting to pop. So you found that green truck. At uh, these words, a strange look crossed Frank's face. Chet, he said excitedly, did you say everybody must show identification to enter Elkton's grounds? All of the men who work there? <laughs> yes, everybody. All of the men that work there, Chet answered positively. What are you what getting are you... at, male Frank? <laughs> His brother asked quickly. <laughs> and here we go. Everything's going to fall in place here. I'm so excited. Oh, I can't wait. Before it... yesterday's explosion, when we saw the gate guard admit the green truck, the driver didn't stop. Didn't show any identification at all. Oh. That's true, Joe, Joe exclaimed. exclaimed. Mr. Markle doesn't seem to be the careless type, though. I know, Frank went on. If the green truck was sneaking in explosives, what better way than to let the driver zip right through? Joe stared at his brother for a really long time. (laughs) Two days later. Two days later. (laughs) You mean Markle deliberately let the truck go by that he's... In league with the saboteurs? Or the counterfeiters? Or both? Which is a great hipster band name. In league with the saboteurs? Ooh. Or the counterfeiters? Or, or both? both. With, with their hit single, uh, <laughs> Mr. Mackerel Markle. It's a fish <laughs> Markle. <laughs> and the green panel truck. And the green... <laughs> Mr. Markle and the Who green panel forget? truck. Who could forget Mr. Mackerel Markle and the green panel <laughs> truck. <laughs> They're like the next Mumford and Sons. Oh, God. As the others listened in astonishment, Frank replied, I have a hunch that he is in league with the saboteurs or the counterfeiters or both. And Docker, too, the uh, groundskeeper. It would explain a lot. And I, I wrote bigger than I've ever written in a margin. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. How are you just now getting this? I also wrote in the margin, and mine just says, I imagine whenever Frank says this, he has the posture of Igor. 
Because <laughs> I read it differently. I, I read, I have more than a hunch. <laughs> I just imagine like this huge, massive, bulbous <laughs> back. Like it's way more than a hunch. Like at this point, I have more than a hunch, so don't run so fast. <laughs> you can't call that a hunch. Man, that's a hunch eating lunch. You better watch out. That thing is massive. <laughs> Lunch, <laughs> eating lunch. <laughs> that end of podcast, right there. End of yeah, we both nailed it today. <sighs> so Joe nodded in growing comprehension. His hand still still smoking. <laughs> it sure was. How? So Joe takes up the line of deduction. Markle himself told Ken the envelopes were for the printer. Why did Docker say Ken wasn't at the mill the day I saw him? And what was the real reason for Ken being discharged? Hmm. I'm getting it. Chet interjected. Those men were trying to keep you from questioning Ken. Why? Perhaps because of what Ken could tell us. If we happened to ask him about the envelopes he delivered, Joe replied. Then he asked Ken if Markle and Docker knew that Joe had picked up the envelope the day near the accident. Uh, I didn't say anything about that, Ken replied. The boy's face wore a perplexed, worried look. You mean Mr. Docker and Mr. Markle might be crooks? They didn't act that way when they were stabbing those homeless men. <laughs> when, when they said, look out, explosives coming through for the saboteurs. <laughs> hey, can I borrow your bike? I want to send these kids a death threat. <laughs> Marco, there's blood dripping off it. Yeah, it's for drama. <laughs> a drama class? or No, no, just for the people. Give them a show. Something to look at. Uh, so we still have no proof. I agree, said Frank. And we still have no proof. We'll have to see if we can find some. Good idea for a detective. Yes. yes. One way or another. Yes, that's your job. We're um, going to find some. We're going to get it, get The it, Hardys get it. reflected on the other mystery, mysterious happenings. The green truck, Frank said, uh. could belong to the gatehouse men since it seems to be used for whatever their scheme is. And they are hiding it in the deserted farmhouse. Also, Joe put in, if Victor Peters is the old man, he's probably an accomplice. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> and but but still, no. Yeah. I, I hate that it's gonna be right. But yeah, oh, Victor Peters right. being the accomplice, uh or, or being the old man, uh the tramp. I just I hate it. Why if you're Making bank as a counterfeiter and being a pusher. Yeah. Why would you live in squalor? Yeah. And I would imagine he's in full disguise too. Like he went out and bought this old man disguise. There was no Amazon. He had to go to the store. He had to visit Harold Morley. Yeah. Or not Harold. Was it Harold Morley that sold things or uh am I right here? No, Harold Morley uh works for the Hamlin company. He bought a wig from uh Kaufman. Kaufman, all right. So he's, he's going directly to the source. He's going straight to Kaufman, having these custom beards, a wizard's beard. And sometimes and a, sunglasses. And so, <laughs> so, so I want here, a pair of sunglasses that I don't always have to wear. Oh, you want a pair of sometimes sunglasses? Yes, then say that. 
so, so here, here is here is the paragraph that I cannot believe it took us till page oh, 139 God. to get. Hit me. And Frank continued, don't forget that the bike Ken used was available to both Dr. and Markle to deliver the warning note. The arrow shooting occurred near the mill. The attack in the woods that night was near the mill. The mm. warning note found on Chet's car was put there after Markle told him to go to the front gate. The guard probably lied to Chet on the first day we went to the mill. He never did phone the personnel department. Yes! <laughs> yeah, there you go, yes, boys. Boy, yeah, you finally Again, got there. Anytime you're near the mill, bad things happen. You either get knocked out or arrows shot at you or threatened. <laughs> yes, the mill happens to be related to all of these things. <laughs> They're getting it, Peter. They're doing <laughs> it. doing it, Peter. <laughs> oh, no. No. What, uh, let's see. Another thing Joe pointed out, both men are more free to come and go than someone working in the plants. Yeah. They also okay. seem to live there and could do things at night. Would you say that this is the sort of sentence that would uh, provide some sort of silence in the room? Uh, there's no way to know. There was silence while the Hardys <laughs> concentrated on what their next move should be. I'd like to think that someone in the room hushed everyone else. Like, <laughs> hang on, time to think, time to think. Everybody think. <laughs> I'm thinking. Now! No doubt about it, Frank said, finally. Uh, and <laughs> I'm not adding written. the word finally. Yeah. It's really there. Everything seems to point toward the mill <laughs> as the place to find the answers. Mm. And the only way to be sure is to go and find out ourselves. How about tonight? Mm. So Frank and Chet agreed, and the boys decided to wait until it was fairly dark. Although they yeah. went once uh, when it was dark before. And that's yeah. when they got clubbed in the head and left for dead on their, their boat that was sabotaged. <laughs> yeah. They had to swim back. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Seems like a bad time to be going, boys. But you don't learn because those concussions. But they're not going to go it alone, are they? Oh, no way in heck they're going at it alone. They're going to bring back up. I'll call Tony and see if he can go with us, Frank said. We'll need his help. <laughs> Big wing. The stallion. The stallion himself. I think his help refers to a series of guns. Oh, yeah. Zip I mean, guns. Tony is like, have you ever seen the movie Eraser? Uh, with Schwarzenegger? With Schwarzenegger, oh yeah. No. Okay, never mind. But I am aware of it. Well, you should watch Eraser. And uh, there's a great Italian character in it. And uh, his name is also, I believe, Tony. And uh, he reminds me of Tony Prito in this moment. I wonder if that character is based off Tony Prito. Wait, I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't put it past Chuck Russell. Uh, so Tony's eager to accompany the trio. Sounds as if you hit and pay debt in the mystery. Mm, nice. Nice accent work. Thank you. Uh, our class is still available and at this time would be more helpful uh, than any time. And actually, out of work freelancers. I haven't run this past you, but I'm willing. In the spirit of learning and community, during this coronavirus uh, isolation, I'm willing to discount our voice workshop by 50%. By fi You're telling me someone only has to pay $49.99. Oh, sorry. 
I forgot to tell you last night, I updated the courses now $200. So you're telling me that someone only has to pay $100? Yes. For a class that normally costs one hundred dollars. Well, normally it costs two hundred now. So you're telling me that the people only have to pay a hundred dollars for a class that once cost a hundred dollars that now cost two hundred dollars. Getting it, my friend. And get a hundred dollars worth of voice acting classes. That's a deal, Sean. So if you want to shoot us a message uh, on Instagram or uh, fill out the form on our website, uh, and we will get you. Uh, up the snuff in a hurry. Up the snuff. And guys, remember, that is a 50% off, 100% up marked product. Yeah, 50% off the recently <laughs> doubled price. <laughs> yeah, I like that. So later, Joe outlined a plan whereby they might ascertain if Peters was an accomplice of Docker and Markle, and at the same time, make it possible for them to get into the mill. Swell idea, Frank said approvingly. Better brush up on your voice disguising technique. <laughs> oh my gosh. David, Dude. it's so funny that this would come up. Joe grinned. I'll practice. This is the scene that I want. I want to just, I want Franklin to write about, about Joe standing in front of a mirror practicing his voice work. Have you seen that, uh, that video of Batman finding his voice? Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, I think that was a uh, front page not film. Comedy Pete, Central, but it was Pete Holmes. Pete Holmes, that's who yeah. it was. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty great. It's going through all of the iterations. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where were the other girls? Sorry, I was supposed to be, supposed to be Dustin Hoffman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, classic. So just before supper, again, mentioning uh, food that is inconsequential to the plot. Mr. Hardy phoned to say he would not be home until later that night. Making progress, Dad? Asked Frank, who had taken the call. Could be, son, the detective replied. That's why I'll be delayed. Tell your mother and Gertrude not to worry. Okay. And Dad? I love you. Sorry, sorry. Okay, and Dad, Joe and I will be doing some sleuthing tonight to try, it out, to try out a few new ideas we have. Fine but watch your step. Nice. That would have been a great place for a cliffhanger, but instead we get a little bonus. Uh, oh yeah. A great little bonus. About 8.30 that evening, just when Macaulay Culkin was sitting down for dinner, <laughs> Chet and Tony pulled up to the Hardy home in the Queen. Uh, see you later, Ken. We know you'd like to come along, but we don't want, take, we don't want you taking any unnecessary risks. I wish there was something I could do to help you fellas. There is a way you can help, Frank told him. At that moment, Mrs. Hardy and Aunt Gertrude came into the hall. Quickly, Frank drew Ken aside and whispered something to him. And oh, 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 oh. oh, a little ear whispering. I like that. Yeah. 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 Little hints. I, yeah, okay. I'm excited. I'm not going to lie. I read the first sentence of the next page because i'm curious about that whisper uh but we're not going to find out what it was until the very no, end of the book which I know that. is a rare instance of some good writing yeah i'm over something so stupid like that's how you know you have a bad book that i'm overly excited to find out what he whispered yeah like that's the most exciting thing please 
what did this boy just whisper to this other boy? But I like gossip. Well, you know? I think it's also the fact that, I'm a gossip that girl. all of their ideas are bad. And so this is another idea. Like, this is an idea yeah. that they're not telling us. Like, oh, I have this idea. Let me tell you so you can find out later. And that makes me be like, no, I want to know now. What do you? Yeah, what bad idea? They're going to they're gonna come home later and like Ken make cookies because Frank whispered to him like, hey, you should make cookies while we're gone. <laughs> so, something so, so meaningless. Yeah. Hey, we like our chicken sandwiches super crispy. <laughs> hey, if you're going to flush the toilet, kind of jiggle the handle. Otherwise, it'll go. <laughs> I like that one. That makes you think about cold. You have to jiggle the handle. <laughs> <laughs> Little pig pen action there. Uh, well, uh, um, hmm. this, is, you know, this is the point for me. Oh, I'm sorry. Were you pivoting? Well, you go, you go. I'm worried. I was just going to say, I'm excited because it seems like they've finally caught up. Like now, instead of like, well, let's go talk to the gatekeeper and ask him questions in earnest and trust his answers. Uh, instead of that, they, they're putting some clues together and they're going out after it. And so I hope that, I hope that they're, they're heading toward the right thing because it is about to be what chapter 17. And that's going to be, Way too late. If they if they screw this up in chapter seventeen, I feel like they're gonna have to pick it up in book four. And as much as I love these books, I don't think I have the patience for a mystery this bad that would span two whole volumes. Like this, this, this <laughs> yeah. needs to close, and we need to do another one separately. I agree with that a hundred percent. And I, I really hope that. Yes. I, I hope that yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. I hope that it was whispered into Ken Blake's ear that he needs to go and get a broom so that Frank can sweep clean his dirty, rotten vocals for his vocal lessons in chapter 17. Ah, I butchered it. What rhymes with seven? Nothing rhymed with seven. It was just a teen rhyme. It was a teen rhyme. I mean, you went with a simple rhyme instead of a compound rhyme for. I went with a simple over. Well, I mean, it's. I hope that heaven sends a vaccine. No, that still doesn't work. (sighs) Yeah, no, it does. During this coronavirus, I hope that uh, we get some sort of heaven vaccine before uh, we don't make it to chapter 17. <laughs> Seven vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got? You got something cooking. It, it works for me. Yeah, well, what do you got? You can just whisper it in my ear. The audience. Oh, I haven't. I've only, like been, on I've only been criticizing and judging you. I haven't been doing any work to, to do another one on my own. What do you got? Come on, just whisper it. Just whisper it. Um, uh, man. Yeah. I'm looking. This is what I do. I look at my keyboard to remember what letters are. <laughs> oh, Q, W, Weventine, Eventine, Reventine, Teventine, Yeventine. Kevintine, Snevintine. I think Kevin Steamed was in a, a past book. We're going to see good Kevin one. Steamed when we get to chapter 17. Yeah, I like that. I feel like a, a steamed Kevin. Yeah. I've always enjoyed a, a, a nice steam. I wonder if we could uh, partner. 
um, with one of my friends, Devin, and we could find ourselves on Devin's team <laughs> when we get to chapter 17. Nice. That's a good CW show, too, Devin's team. <laughs> <laughs> with that, the boys ended this episode. Bye.